Hey, when you're never in style, you can never go out of style. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Eric. And this is Do We Like, the podcast where we debate popular people, places, and things to decide if we like them or need to leave them. See, si, senor, I did it again where I forgot to look up another word. Patrick, what's a, another language for yes, or yes? Da. There we go. Da. Da. And we're back with another lightning round. <laughs> um, we have another special guest bringing three new topics that they're on the fence about for us to debate. And at the end of the episode, one of us will have more wins in the debates. And that victor will have the opportunity to choose their side, pro or con, on next week's full debate. And our lightning round guest judge for this week is our friend and super swell, amazingly reliable guy, Patrick Bond. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Robin. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. We're so glad to have you. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Patrick. What is it that you're doing right now? Sure. So professionally, I work with uh, NYU Data Services as their qualitative data and survey design specialist. So I help researchers in the social sciences like psychology, sociology, medical fields, food studies, I help them find research technology tools um, to organize their data, field surveys, and different things like that. That's impressive. It's fun. I get to learn about a lot of different types of research that I otherwise would have had no clue existed. That's really cool. What's something like interesting that you've learned lately? Well, something that I've learned lately that has been really interesting is... Uh, about scraping Instagram and just how hard that is and trying to troubleshoot with some researchers who are doing research on the Black Lives Matter movement um, and helping them through the process of finding the best ways to scrape various social media platforms to track how the Black Lives Matter movement has spread on social media. It's really difficult to try to get these companies like Instagram to share data with you. All these social media companies and all their secrets, they want all your information, but they don't want to share it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, one moment you're trying to do good, wholesome research that's going to better the world. The next moment, it's like they're stealing your pictures so that they can sell AI to, you know, evil scientists. It's true. (laughs) Also, they like, they do not want you to know those algorithms. Like, seriously, that is under lock and key, like the secret sauce or the KFC <laughs> recipe, you're not allowed to know. They, the recipe leaked like last year or something. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, did they find out what made it finger looking good? Yeah. Grease. <laughs> <laughs> that does it. Shocking. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> uh, are you organized in your personal life since you do all this organization stuff? I'm curious. That, that's a very good question. I think it depends on who you ask. It's a system that makes sense to me, but probably to nobody else. There you go. You're all about systems. (laughs) That's what matters, right? Yeah. The the clothes go on the floor. (laughs) That's part of my system. (laughs) All right. So one of the other things we like to do is get our guests to weigh in on the topic that we debated last week, get a third party opinion on it. And our last week full debate was on milk, specifically cow milk. So, Patrick, what are your thoughts on milk? What are my thoughts on milk? Yeah, do you like it? Do you enjoy a good glass of milk? I I would say that milk, or specifically cow milk, is a great thing. Because, or especially if it's like very 
fresh milk, you know, you got you got the stuff that turns into butter. I guess that's cream. Ooh, and then yeah. you've got the, you know, what would Julia Child be without milk? That's <laughs> true. So, so I'm just thinking of all of the delicious foods that we associate with being delicious rely on butter. Like you can't have a croissant without, I guess you can't have a real croissant without butter. You can't have, and, and butter comes from milk. So I am <laughs> definitely pro milk. Huh, that's a good point. Yeah. Chocolate. You can't have really <laughs> good chocolate. I guess mm. there's, Ooh. it's a great source of protein. When you stop and really think about it, it becomes weirder. Because we are just drinking another animal's milk. It's sharing is caring. <laughs> it, I, it could go resourceful. It could go weird. I'm on the resourceful side. I mean, it could have started as a kink and then <laughs> turned, into a, <laughs> turned into a resource. Who knows? The first cave people that were like, hmm. <laughs> Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Those cow titties are looking pretty nice. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's a, that's a valid opinion. I like all those points you brought up. Milk leads to butter, which leads to a lot of good things. That is right. true. So, you know, I like I definitely agree. Like milk has a, a lot of good uses. But do you just drink just like plain, I don't know, 2%, 1% skim, whatever milk from a, a glass? Is that something that you enjoy? It is not something that I enjoy so much anymore. I guess I grew up drinking skim milk. And now my house of five roommates, we, we split whole milk. And um, like some of us drink full glasses of milk. I don't think I would ever do that now. That just seems like a little bit weird. It's not a craving that I have anymore. Yeah. However, okay. when the milk's about to go off, like we've learned how to make cheese in quarantine. Okay. So <laughs> you're going to say you start passing the bottle around. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that we would be weird. <laughs> Just like slap the bag with um, milk. That would be that would be dis- deeply disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, I don't just drink glasses of milk, but okay, I don't think that that's a requirement for milk being a good thing. That's true. That's fair. That's a very valid point. We appreciate your third opinion. Yes, <laughs> that was sincere. I always, oh, whatever. <laughs> No, it was good. It was a good nuanced opinion. I like it. Yes, that's what we come to Patrick for. The nuances, all the angles, Yeah, using that research mind. It's true. But there are some things that research mind can't figure out that you might be on the fence about. And that's what we're here for. We're the tools for you to use to figure out whether you should like something or not. So let's get into these topics. How about? I'm, I'm very excited. These topics are things that I have thought a lot about, and I'm not sure about. Perfect. Um, after all of this ordered or disordered thinking. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get your first topic and a little bit of your thoughts on it, and then you will pick who's pro or con. But let's hear that topic first. Awesome. The first topic is houseplants. Do we like them? I really don't know. For me, houseplants on the good side, like they really bright, brighten up the place. They add a little bit of color, a little bit of life that has been important in quarantine. But then you're also literally bringing the outside inside, which to me makes no sense because the entire point of having an inside is to keep the outside outside, right? Right. <laughs> so, and, and also I have a bad habit of knocking over house plants like into my underwear drawer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific problem. <laughs> it, it really is. But, you know, it's if your only shelf space is your, your dresser and you just bump it at the wrong time, <laughs> 
all of the dirt immediately goes into your underwear, and that's not that's what you true. want. That's true. So, you like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so my question is, do we like houseplants? Because th- you're bringing the outside in. You are literally making things dirty by having them in your house. But but on the good side, they do bring a little bit of life. I I would kind of like Eric to argue con. I can do that. All right. <laughs> And that means I will be pro. I'm going to channel my inner Savannah for this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing to do. For the the audience who's listening, one of our former guest judges, Savannah, is Patrick's partner. And uh, she loves houseplants. I'm pretty sure like half of the time we've hung out together, it's been so Savannah can go get (laughs) houseplants. That's very true. and, And I guess for full transparency purposes... Kind of like what you all have done with the underwear episode and things like this. This is solving some disputes ah, uh, between perfect. between Savannah and I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> perfect use of our skills. <laughs> uh, this is what I come to you all for. Yeah, because we don't have these conflicts at all. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robin, since you're pro, you'll be starting the debate. All right. Robin, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Then let's go. So we've already talked a little bit about how houseplants like look good and stuff, but they can also make you feel really good. And there's two reasons they can make you feel really good. The first one is that you have something in your house that you can nurture and take care of. And that's just like a wonderful feeling. You know, when you take care of your houseplants properly, you get to see them grow and sprout and bloom and look better and more vibrant. And it makes you feel happy and like you have accomplished something. This is especially nice for people who can't have pets or, you know, other things to take care of. And so this is a way to kind of bring out your nurturing side. The other reason they make you feel good is because they add more oxygen to your space. They, you know, brighten up the space and stuff. And it just like helps your mental well-being. Um, It just helps the energy of your room, Uh, especially if you're living in a small space. It's, you know, dusty. It's tight living quarters. It's gross. Putting a plant in there makes it happier. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. Not only what well, maybe they bring life, but they also bring in a certain something called dirt. And you know where that dirt ends up? In your underwear. <laughs> and now you have underwear dirt and you can't get rid of it. It's in the drawer. You put in a fresh pair of underwear in that drawer. There's dirt still hidden at the bottom. End of story. Your underwear are done for. <laughs> but outside of this very specific scenario, uh, bringing houseplants into the house it just adds, it's adding complication to your life. And you are ripping these plants away from their families, away from their homes to bring them into your house and put them in these tiny little pots that they can't breathe in. They're slamming against the walls trying to get some light. <laughs> they, they are not sure where they are. They're distracted. They're confused. And you bring them home to your house and maybe they hear you watching an angry TV and then they think, oh, I'm being yelled at because I don't have eyes so I can't tell who's yelling. The, the plants get upset. You're bringing bad bad vibes to those plants. You're not giving them a good life. On the other hand, having plants in the houses encourages you to keep good vibes in your house and do things that you might not usually do because you have to for your plants instead of yourself. In fact, you should kind of think of yourself as one big house plant. And when you treat your house plants good, you treat yourself better too. You let more sun into the room and you might otherwise keep the blinds closed and sit in the dark like a curmudgeon. You quit yelling at your TV because you don't want to upset the plants. So you're watching more peaceful things and being more peaceful yourself. It keeps your heart right down. It keeps you cool. It keeps you relaxed. 
Um, and then it's also just something pretty to look at. Like, what else are you putting in your house? Like, otherwise, it's just socks hanging around, clothes off of, like, you know, the back of the chair. Everyone has their clothes chair and stuff. You have, like, a boring house. Maybe you have some, like, one-dimensional art on the wall, but that's it. You put in some flowers. You put in some plants. Suddenly, you have, like, this three-dimensional, really gorgeous, like, decorative room. Pretty lovely. Well, all those things you brought up at the start of your point sounds like that plant is a cop. <laughs> they are trying to uh, they're trying to change you and you cannot live the way you want to live. If you want those blinds closed, go nuts. You're not going to be forced by any plant to open those blinds. You don't need to stop yelling at the TV by some plant. Come on. They, they have to police your every move because you want it to feel good. <laughs> no. This is something you're bringing into your house to control you. <laughs> it might just be a plant sitting in the corner full of dirt spilling all over the floor and making a big mess of itself. <laughs> it's just a big baby, a big green baby. <laughs> it just makes a dirt mess all over the floor, and you have to clean it up after it. You have to water it, unless you water it too much, and then it dies for some no reason. <laughs> you go, like, come on. <laughs> too much water. How is that even a thing? Go outside. It'd be Treat yourself, plant. Go put them in your backyard if you want to look at green stuff, or if you have a rooftop terrace, put a plant up there. <laughs> All right. End of debate. End of debate, I guess. <laughs> Patrick, we will get your opinions and then your verdicts. Wow. Both of the sides were really compelling. I, I think it, it's kind of interesting because it for the first round, Eric, I feel like you were arguing in favor of the plant's well-being, not bringing it into the house, while as Robin, you were arguing for for our own sanity, for our own well-being, we should bring them into the house. And then it kind of flip-flopped on the second time. So <laughs> that was just an interesting observation. I think that overall, I have to go with, we do like houseplants. And oh. I, I will say, I'm, I'm actually like very surprised that I have to say this. But the <laughs> idea of bringing more oxygen, oxygen into your space, like bringing in natural light, you know, you can't have a natural growing plant in a room without any windows and windows are really important for mental health. So it's like in the aspect of having something to care for, like a sourdough starter or a plant or a pet <laughs> rock, you know, that stuff is important. So I guess overall it's, it's like, yeah, I like them because it can be very beneficial for the, for the people who take care of them. Woohoo! That is fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. You know what? Honestly, it's like I don't like house plants, but like I think it's really valid to have them. I am like I'm envious of people who do have them and who can take care of them, but I just I can't. <laughs> like they always die. They just they always <laughs> die. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I try to I leave the windows open. I give them water. And then they just, yeah. And I'm just tired of killing things. So I just quit trying. Damn it. That would have been a good, good argument. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just get so depressed by killing them repeatedly. <laughs> well, like when I was in New York, I like bought a bunch of those little, uh, what are they called? The succulents? The succulents? Yeah, succulents yes. yes. I bought a bunch of them being like, oh, these are cute and little and will be nice <laughs> in my room, my little New York room. And then they just like one by one started offing themselves. And eventually <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, these poor things. I packed them all up and I took them to school and I gave them all to Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's it's just so devastating when you have a plant that dies and it, and it happens for unexplained reasons. It's not like it can yeah. tell you, oh, give me less water. Or, you know, I have mites eating me. 
Yeah, there's no yeah. plant autopsy that you can figure out what you did wrong to learn for the next plant. You just have to keep doing it over and over. Yeah, people yep. would probably call you weird if if you started doing <laughs> autopsies on your plants. That would just be sadistic a little I bit. I think those are just botanists, aren't they? Maybe. Fair enough. Probably. <laughs> but Ooh. I'm not in the hard sciences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. But yeah, I do I do appreciate people who are good at keeping house plants. Yeah. I think it's a valid, a very valid thing to do, probably good for your mental health and your emotional well being. I'm just no good at it. I mean, I always hear just people on Twitter that I do that have plants, they're always spawning more plants. So they have like a house full of if they're if you're good at plants, you should have infinite plants, especially depending on which one you have. So they should have like a house full of plants and they're trying to give them away and then they give them away and they spawn more plants in these other people's houses. <laughs> Just infinite plants. So if you're good at it, your house is full of plants to the brim. Exactly. I think that you've summed that up perfectly. <laughs> you either get no plants or you get all the plants. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with that, we will move on to topic number two. Patrick, we'll get you just to name the topic. And then since I lost that round, I will get to choose pro or con. And then we'll get your feelings on it. Awesome. Topic two is yoga. Ooh. Ooh. Another good one. Eric, are you going to be pro or anti-yoga? Well, I got to be pro-yoga. Ooh, okay. I will be no yoga. (laughs) Good. All right, Patrick, what are your feelings on yoga? Again, something I'm not sure if I like or not. On one hand, it is deeply therapeutic. Being able to to move your body, focus on your breathing, kind of center yourself and, and try to bring some focus back when life can be so distracting or traumatic. It, it's like such a therapeutic thing. On the other, other side of things, I feel like there is a dark side of yoga to where to at some level, like cultural appropriation, all of the burning of incenses and like fancy plants and stuff like that are now making them more endangered because it's like become an industry as opposed to like a religious practice. And so it's something that I'm deeply conflicted about. Do we like yoga? Good thoughts, good thoughts. Yes, very good. Are you ready, Robin? Yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Ah, yoga. (laughs) What better way to relax, focus, center yourself, and and not only that, find the center of your body as well. Be physically connected, your mental and physical coming together and focusing, being able to hone in on all these things, all these problems you're having, make them go away. And not only do you have this this dedicated time to focus mentally on on moving your body, you get to treat your body right by doing these poses and stretches. You're strengthening, you're toning, you're feeling good. Afterwards, you walk out of there with a skip in your step because you're just feeling so much better. You got the your mind is clear because your body's clear and everything is just working out fine. And I understand that there is uh, appropriation here and there, but you can always get around that or like not interact with the the people appropriating either by finding like uh, people who are not appropriating because they are from that culture or uh, people who are just doing the active yoga without the spiritual side being appropriated. Well, I'm going to say you can't separate yoga from the spiritual and that practicing yoga just as an exercise is a form of cultural, not even appropriation, but manipulation of a culture that like simply isn't yours. Yoga was developed as a specific like religious and spiritual practice for a certain people to develop a specific kind of discipline. And what we have done is we've taken it as our own in Western society and, and then divorced it from all of the things that made it important 
important and now just use it as techniques for our own health and mental wellness. And there seems to be like no really good reason to do this, except for that the marketing uh, gets to make it be eccentric. Like you could still practice breathing techniques and meditative states. You can do Pilates and just like stretching and you don't have to call it yoga and you'll still get the same benefits and exercises. So like why why yoga? Why do we call it that? Why is that what appeals to us? Being able to do physical movements is a, a thing you can do, <laughs> like Tai Chi and like other things. There's just a, a form of movement that you're doing to help your body and your mind. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't want to separate it from the spiritual and the, the people who created it, then you can find those people practicing it and learn from them and not be the one teaching it to the other people, just you know, taking it in that way. Because there is there are a lot of benefits mentally and physically for this practice. And so if it is a practice that you are interested in, it'd be appropriate to find the people that are practicing it who who practice it in full and are the appropriate people to, to be teaching that. So there is a way for you to do yoga if you don't want to separate it from that, which maybe you shouldn't, who knows? <laughs> Who's to say? Um, but if you don't want to, then you can find those people and do it appropriately and still get that benefit for your body because it is beneficial on the whole. There is, there's many evidence to how beneficial it is. Okay, but it's like, Yoga, especially in Western cultures like our own, is so like greatly steeped in this cultural appropriation. Uh, like namaste has just become a word that you throw around. You do your alms and your like little chants without knowing what they mean. And you have some white girl named Karen with dreadlocks <laughs> who's like, you know, uh, waving around incense, telling you what they mean. And you're supposed to just believe it. And it's like everybody, everybody is a certified yoga practitioner these days. The guy at the gym named Kevin who likes to mountain climb and like is also a yoga instructor. Who are the real people anymore? Uh, like, and where are you finding them? No, it's just become like an industry and like a farce of what it used to be um, or what it is to like a certain demographic of people who are not here. And yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Ran out of time with that one. <laughs> End of debate. Patrick, your feelings and verdict. I'm still deeply, conflict deeply conflicted because you both made such compelling arguments. On one hand, I definitely agree with Robin. You can't separate it from what it's supposed to be or from the spiritual aspect since that is the root of the movements that you're supposed to be doing. Right. And like on the other hand, like if you're able to negate the industry of yoga and like if you're able to take the industry out of it and practice it responsibly, maybe there is a way to do that. And so we like yoga. It's just finding a way to to do that ethically. I think overall, like right now, I think that that Robin made the strongest argument. So I have to go with we don't like yoga. But I think that that's just purely based on this two minutes of debate. <laughs> that is fair. Ooh, not since the first lightning round have we seen uh, a sweep Such like a this. a landslide win. <laughs> uh, let's discuss, let's debrief on yoga first. Robin. Um, so, uh, like, I knew coming into this, no matter which side, it was going to be really unfair for you because, like, I, my, my, major i have an ma in religious studies and i've thought about this a lot like a lot a lot so and i'm still personally conflicted about it myself so i could argue myself on this to death so i think it's a really good topic uh personally i think you can't deny the health benefits of practicing 
the movements of yoga, but I do wonder if you need to call it yoga and if it needs to be steeped in some of these uh, Eastern tra- like traditions that we kind of exoticize for it to be effective. Like I don't think it does, and I think it could. You could call it something else, and you could do it another way. Well, my Bachelor of Fine Arts in film left me ready more <laughs> more ready to debate uh, Billy Blank's Tybo than it did yoga, <laughs> but. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It's hard. But I do think you have a point, uh, like Patrick said, that like there's got to be ethical, responsible ways to do yoga still. There's there must be. definitely people out there who are still practicing uh, it as part of their, their spiritual or religious yeah, system. So if you want to be part of that religious system, then I think what it really comes down to is it would be up to the people who those spiritual beliefs and practices belong to. Yeah. And then the people who are kind of holding on to that, that tradition. Yeah. I don't think we get to decide for them, but I do think the way that we're practicing it now is probably not great. It's like, I guess it's more like yoga is fine. I just don't know if I should be doing it. Well, you should be like interacting with the people who are espousing it in North America. Yeah. So heavily as an industry. Yeah, exactly. So as per the score, Robin has won this episode. I win. But we are not just here for victories. We are here to help you, Patrick. So we'll get that third topic, and I'll be able to choose my side, and hopefully I can at least get one victory this round. But no pressure. We're just going to whoever gives the best argument. What's that third topic? Do we like duvets? I really don't know. Like, this, this, is, this is a pretty heated debate for me because... Because they're so warm. Well, duvets, duvets do have the benefit of being warm, but like quilts, I believe are warmer and prettier, but then duvets, like also you have something that you can like take off of it and wash really easily. So you're not just like sleeping under the same blanket for 20 years or or quilt, but it's like, you know, if you can have blankets and quilts that are pieces of art, why do you need basically a very thin pillow to sleep underneath? (laughs) But then duvets are like have the benefit of being a really thin pillow that you get to sleep underneath. So I I'm I really have no idea where I stand on this one, whether duvets are good, not so good, whether we should be using them over quilts or blankets or other, you know, forms of heating. This is great. This is great swings and topics. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I've only ever interacted with a duvet like twice. I've only owned blankets. I don't know what your experience is, Robin. We don't really get want to get too into it. I have like a stereotypical mom who has way too many blankets and duvets in the house um, <laughs> than we ever needed. So I have a little bit of experience with them. All right. Well, I got a little extra info this time, but I will pick con duvets. Okay. I want to be on the con side of this duvet debate. <laughs> There. There's a joke in there. You're supposed to be laughing. Ha. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? You're pro, so you start. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Then let's hit it. Okay. I think the main argument for duvets is cleanliness, right? So, okay. You are, like, familiar with, like, pillow shams and pillow covers, right? What pillow are they called? Pillow shams. Pillow cases. Cases. 
pillowcases. Um, <laughs> and you, we understand that they're necessary. You don't sleep on a pillow without a pillowcase because you're going to drool all over your pillow and it's going to be gross and bad. And then it's easy to just slip off the case and throw it in the washing machine. This is the same thing for your blanket. Instead of like having to haul your blanket out every day to get washed, you have this simple little like easy to clean duvet that comes off in a pinch and then you can just throw it in the washer. Easy peasy, done. Fresh brand new blanket the next night. And I mean arguably the blanket gets a lot dirtier than the pillows anyway. Sure, you drool on the pillows, but it's like the blanket's touching your junk and stuff. Your butt's under the blanket. <laughs> it's getting all sorts of stuff on it that you don't want. You you want a little protective covering on that blanket so you're not sleeping in your own filth every night. Well, uh, <laughs> this <laughs> argument is, is nonsense to me. You can take your blanket, throw it in the washing machine, bingo, bango, you're done. You throw it in the wash, you throw it in the dryer. Maybe it takes a little extra time. That's fine. It's done. It's fully clean. A duvet is just a uh, a thing you're, that gets in your mind thinking your blanket's clean because you wash the cover. The dirt's inside that blanket. It's inside all the little cotton balls floating around in there, and it is dirty through and through. So you wash the whole thing, get it fully clean by throwing a blanket in the wash. The end. You can wash that thing. Dunzo, bunzo. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, it can be as warm or as cool as you like. You have your full blanket. You throw that in the wash when you don't need it. Gone. You use just a sheet. If you're in those hot summer nights, you use just a, a sheet on top of you and you're cool and comfortable. You don't need no duvet keeping you warm or a duvet cover. You put yourself in the cover. All right. You know what else is fun about duvets? They allow you to be uh, a versatile with your bedroom and its fashion sense and stuff. Do you know how much it costs to buy like a brand new like bedroom set for your bed? Like buying like an all new blanket and sheet set and everything like that every time you decide like, oh, I'm done with like the cottage vibe in my bedroom. I know I want to go for something like a little bit more sleek and modern. You can't go out and afford to buy like a new bed, like, you know, set every time you do that. So instead you go out and you just buy like a nice new duvet cover um, it's a lot cheaper than buying a whole new blanket. And then you just like, you know, you fit it over top and then suddenly voila, your, you know, little like pink flowery uh, blanket turns into just like a nice sleek black one with maybe some pinstripes in it. And you got like a whole new style for your room with like way less price. Yeah, it's great. Pretty. Love it. Uh, well, quick point, putting on a duvet cover is an hour's worth of work at, in the least, and you still don't have the damn blanket in the corners because you are like putting this thing over your head to reach inside to get it all the way in. Waste of time and a whole nuisance. Not only that, uh, if you want to change your look, hey, instead of going to Walmart and getting yourself a new duvet cover and supporting industries, why don't you support the grandma industry making quilts? every day of their lives <laughs> to better your your the look of your house and bedroom. If you're if you get a quilt, it looks beautiful. You, it's like grandma's right there with you <laughs> tucking you in at night. And you go, "Ah, I'm sick of this quilt. I don't want to look at these Star Wars characters from t-shirts that my grandma made this quilt out of. I want a new one." And you go yell at your grandma, "Make me a new quilt." Poor and you grandma. Can, <laughs> you pay her. She can get paid. And then you get a new quilt and boom, bingo, bango. You're supporting your grandparents everywhere. You're supporting your bedroom to look lovely in the sun. End of debate. Amazing. <laughs> End of debate. <laughs> that was awesome. That was an amazing debate. <laughs> 
in the sun at the end there. Bingo, bango, you're supporting your grandparents everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all true. <laughs> oh, wow. So I feel like, okay, let's, let's just reflect on, on some of the points that were made. I, I was kind of surprised, especially if you're going to be sleeping under a duvet cover, like it's probably or under a duvet it's probably going to be cold. So like maybe you have pajamas on. I was surprised that the like junk argument was was out there. I hadn't even thought the of it from that angle. The junk was just left hanging out. <laughs> yeah, the, it's just out there. Though I I think that that's a rationale that I hadn't even really thought of. It, it's it's an int- interesting one. As far as like supporting industry and like you know, what is it? Fast bedroom fashion or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like talking about the, the home or cottage industry of making quilts. I'm, I'm into that. So I feel bad for, for Eric's grandma. <laughs> He's just going to go and yell at her every time he wants to Just making quilt. quilts every day of her life. <laughs> I no y- breaks. I meant yells and like, Hey grandma, how's it going? You're talking loudly because the hard of hearing sometimes. <laughs> 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 okay okay well n- now i feel less guilty i i think um i think i'm gonna have to go con on this debate i'm Yay. gonna have to side with eric we do not like duvets you get the last one hooray you hear that grandma you better keep making quilts <laughs> <laughs> i'm just playing up a character i love you grandma <laughs> <laughs> They are really challenging to put on. Yeah. Duvet covers are the, one of the most annoying thing to put on. <laughs> yeah. I can't even do pillowcases, right? So True. <laughs> I've almost wondered if it would be easier to hold the blanket, like go inside the duvet cover and then like fall <laughs> over. You, you know, you hold it to the, you stretch out completely. You fall over on the bed and then you try to crawl out without bringing the blanket with you. But yeah. there just yeah. seems to be no good way to get a duvet cover on a duvet. No. I think the way you're supposed to do it is like you have the duvet cover inside out. You put your arms all the way in and at the corners and you grab the corner of the blanket that goes inside and then you like unfurl it over top. But without a second person there, you're still just like wriggling out of this thing that's on your arms. Yeah. Right. They expect one person to take care of all of that. <laughs> uh-uh. uh-uh. No it's deal. just unreasonable. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. When you can just have one person make a quilt for you. <laughs> <laughs> So much easier, <laughs> way less labor intensive. No, I don't know if, if I would ever use a quilt, but I like normal blankets just fine. I don't need a duvet cover. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, so, okay, you said before that it was like a point of contention. Who likes duvet covers that you know? So this is actually all three of these are are kind of points of contention between Savannah and I over over houseplants, yoga, and duvets. I am very much a quilt person, but that's because I'm really into folk arts and like, you know, wood carving, cottage core kind of stuff. But go. I hate the fact that it's called cottage core. But <laughs> I, Thanks, I hate Lindsay. the fact that I just had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nothing like a flannel quilt on your bed to make you feel folksy and, you know, okay. like have it be kind of an eclectic centerpiece. Yeah, that's fair. While it's like, I, I feel like duvet covers are just a little bit too sanitized in my opinion it's just like you know you go to walmart you get your new duvet cover and you know five years later when the fashion trends change you buy another duvet cover while a quill will last a lifetime exactly those fashions never change (laughs) exactly hey when you're never in style you can never go out of style (laughs) hey (laughs) yeah i can't argue kind of like this 
Boom. Millennials thing that's been going on in the fashion trends, but skinny jeans and oh yeah, you know about all, all that. that too. You've been in on that. <laughs> I well, I, you know, I've bought my first pair of skinny jeans this past year. I'm proud of myself, <laughs> and of course, like within two months of me purchasing these skinny jeans, they go out of fashion. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm at least I still have all of my straight leg pants. Is all I can say about that. Got to start parting your hair in the middle. That's the worst. <laughs> Actually, like I don't mind it on girls with long hair. That's fine. It's just these boys middle parting their hair and looking like they're part of like what's that boy group? Hanson. Yeah. That's, yeah. Jinx. <laughs> it's bad. Or they look like the kids off of Home Improvement. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was always in fashion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's all I can extra, say you're getting free extra opinions on here today <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode the winner is Robin me do, 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 do. so next Woo-hoo. week she'll be able to pick her side pro or con in the full debate and for this week we thank you Patrick for bringing those lovely topics always keeping us on our toes thanks Eric thanks Robin yeah do you have anything you want to plug take good care of your data you know, don't make file nests and stuff like that on your computers. Keep yourselves organized or else, you know, we're going to lose all of the information that we generate every day. That's a very academic plug, but <laughs> I like that. I think that good computer organization really does matter. I love that. You're going to make so many listeners feel guilty because like no one, I don't take care of my I, files. I have forced Robin to back up her stuff. <laughs> like uh, I, I've set up an automated system so her computer backs up automatically because she would not do it by, on her own if it was left to her own devices. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> something like 90% of all data from the 1980s and 90s is lost now because people just either can't open the files or don't know where they are. Yeah, that makes sense. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. That's good advice. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, that's, that's one of the best plugs we've had. Yeah. Plugging, keeping your stuff in order. And we wouldn't expect it from anyone else but the organizational master himself, Patrick Bond. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, Patrick. We appreciate taking the time and all these lovely topics. This has been so much fun. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next week on Do We Like. Bye-bye. Bye. You can hear more Do We Like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave a rating and review. For updates, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Do We Like Podcast, or check out our website at dowelike.com. The show is hosted and produced by Eric Canius and Robin Lands. Do We Like is brought to you by Beamed Media, a Canadian podcast network.